Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Up or anything like that. If you missed last week, then I would love for you to listen to the podcast. But um, the thing about Psalm 23 is it's so loaded with real life application. Um, it, it's loaded to the point where, like last week, we only got to the very first part of verse number one, and that is, The Lord is my shepherd. And really, that is the theme of the whole psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Every single line, every verse after that is connected to, to this theme. And it, and it explains it. Every verse, it kind of explains it. It kind of amplifies it as well. So when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he is acknowledging the fact that he is a sheep. Now, he's got background as a shepherd, right? If you remember when he was growing up, he didn't work at Pizza Hut. He didn't like, you know, do anything that, uh, he didn't mow lawns. He didn't do the usual youth things. What he did was he kept sheep. So he has a perspective from a shepherd, but he's talking about the fact that, you know what? I am a, a sheep. I need, I need a shepherd. And as believers, so do we. And as believers, guess what? You are a sheep as well. So let me read uh, Psalms 23 real quick. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for, your, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So today, we want to focus on the last part of verse 1 through verse 5. That's why I said we got a lot to cover. Um, To understand this, and the title of our message is, The Shepherd Provides and the Shepherd Protects. The Shepherd Provides and the Shepherd Protects. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two main points. But then there's some under points. And um, so really, if you want to keep track, if you're one of those that keep track, it sounds like, and it is, there is eight points to this thing. But I, like I said, I'm going to try to kind of move through this thing, all right? Because I don't want, I don't want children's ministry to be mad at me, and I know you guys all got to eat lunch, and we won't, don't want to be here for five hours. Anyways, all right, because really, you can almost take an hour on each, each point to a large degree. So the very first point is the shepherd provides, okay? That's the main point. The shepherd provides provides. Okay. And then in verse one, again, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay. And I'm, I just give you a little bit. So we learned that, you know what, um, when, when, when David said this, he, he, he kind of said, um, the Lord is the one who cares for me. The Lord is the one who guides me and directs me. And then we found out to kind of tag onto that. And John chapter 10, Jesus said, hey, I am the good shepherd. And we told you in the Greek, really, it doesn't even give it justice because in the Greek, it says, I am the shepherd, the good one, right? And man, there is a lot of weight behind what Jesus said right there because we take it, oh yeah, he's the good shepherd. And see, Jesus wasn't like comparing himself to good doctors or bad doctors, 
Like, you know how we compare things. Oh, they're a great, good doctor. Oh, they're, they're a bad doctor, right? Jesus instead, what he was looking at and saying, hey, I am, right? I, I, I am the shepherd, the good one. What he was saying is, you know what? I'm in a class all by myself. There is no one greater than me. No one can compare to me and no one can compete with me. And, that, and we said uh, uh, last week a little bit too, if you read a little more in that, that verse, you'll see after the end of he says that quote, everyone was kind of upset. Who does he think he is saying that? Because they understood the weight of what he said. I am the superior one. I am the, 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 in a class all by myself. And so, like I said, the shepherd, he takes care of, he tends to the needs of the sheep in his flock. That's what Jesus does for us. That's what God does for us. He cares for us. He tends to our, 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 our needs, right? He feeds the sheep. He protects the sheep from predators. How many have ever experienced a predator? Now, it's not, might not like be a wolf or a bear, but man, you know what? We got predators that, that the enemy uses to attack our life at times, but it says that the good shepherd, right, is a protector of the sheep. We have someone who's out to protect us. It's almost like, you know, having a a Marvel superhero right by your side. I know that's a little weird, but you know, they're out to protect. He's out to protect. So in essence, the good shepherd provides and protects um, really with, along with so many other things. And then it says in Psalms 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, over time, um, I, I've kind of discovered this in people, and I've discovered it probably even in my own self. I, it's really easy for me to be able to say that the Lord is my shepherd, but in all honesty, the second part, I shall not want, is, is kind of hard for people. Because we live in a society that really compares right? That really is kind of in, lives in, in, in discontent, right? We're always thinking or always looking at other sheep and what they're eating, you know, to the point where we're thinking, we might not say, but we're thinking in our head, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Hey, the guy over there has greener pastures, Lord. And I, I serve you just like he does. I do things for you just like he does. But why? Why does he have greener pastures? How much, why are they so much better than what I have? But see, that falls into the category, I'm going to say it, complaining. Right? If you got an issue with complaining, that, that's not a good thing. See, we're supposed to give thanks in everything. That's what the Bible says. That we are to have a cheerful, thankful heart before the Lord. And so when we start complaining and going, hey, I'm looking into that guy's field. What, what, what is the deal? That, that's not great, right? And I, I think in some ways, too, it kind of is even kind of um, maybe even a, a dis- disgraceful thing to the, to the shepherd, right? Because, it, because it, it kind of reflects the care that the shepherd is giving, right? Where the sheep is like, well, man, I'm just not getting all enough or, or um, you know, I, 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 he's not doing this or he's not doing it. Why, 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 why? Man, and that, that kind of plants a bad seed within us. So we're always thinking, man, why is that person, their grass is greener and their, their field is, is beautiful, but man, mine seems to struggle. Well, I, I, I don't know the complete answer. There's lots of variables to that. But see, the thing we got to realize is, okay, where, just where am I with the shepherd? 
right? Because in the promise, the promise is that, hey, he'll lead me to green pastures. We'll get that in a minute. He'll lead me there. And so maybe there's a disconnect in my relationship with him. Just throwing it out there. Even in Matthew chapter 6, we're not going to read it. You can go back and read it. It's uh, verses 25 through 33. Jesus made it clear that God's going to provide every need that you have. Every possible thing that you need in life, that you face in life, that we are not supposed to be living in a ball of stress about. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But see, the last part of that scripture in verse 33, you guys have heard it before. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. So that scripture right there agrees with Psalm, 20, Psalm 23, 1. I shall not want, right? Because the Lord's going to supply it. But see, it's part of that, that relationship connection. Where are we at? Are we going sideways a little bit? Are we, are we a complaining sheep? Right? And do we need to kind of get back in line with what, what God's, God's saying in his word and what he's promised to us? And I know that lots of us at times, you know, in that, in that process, we, I mean, we're worried about a lot of things, right? But, but Jesus is truly our shepherd that we can rest in him. So God promises we will not lack anything. David wrote this too in Psalms 37, okay? And he was kind of speaking it from about, about his life and what he's experienced. This is what he said, uh, verse 37, 25. He said, I have been young and and now I am old. Anybody raise their hand on that one? Some, some young can't, can't, right? But I was young, now I'm old. But look what he says. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Think about that. Descendants after you. Because there's been established a relationship with the shepherd. Woo, that's good stuff. So when you are following Jesus, our shepherd, provision is released. Provision is released. There is a divine provision, a divine supply that is released into our lives. And David had this assurance that that would take place as he followed the shepherd. That's how he could say, I shall not want. And I've got tons of stories I can't even go into about just the fact that God has been my provider in the areas where, man, I was, you would look at it and go, your boat's sinking, Pastor Scott. But every single time Jesus came, I don't know, the only way I can describe it, came, plugged the hole, helped me bail out the water, and got me floating again and going in the right direction. That's how, how good he is. Okay, so now I'm going to give you, so he's the provider of everything. Now I'm going to give you one of the little sub points here. Um, he, he's that way. He does it in this way, right? He makes, okay? Let's see if it comes up. He makes, all right? So it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still water. Now, here's the deal. Jesus doesn't force you to lie down, right? I've heard people say, well, you know, Jesus got me sick so that I would lie down and rest. No, that's not, I find that nowhere in the Bible, by the way, right? But that, that's, that's not it. 
But here, the Hebrew indicates that the very presence of the shepherd in your life creates a safe and secure place where the sheep can let down their guard and experience peace. Very presence of the shepherd. And I was thinking about, man, that's kind of what your quiet time is. Your, 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 your secret place time with the Lord. It's meant for times of rest, right? And not mindful worry, right? Because, so, I mean, we live in this world. There is a lot going on that we encounter, that we face, that we see in the TV. All this stuff that's going on. And our minds can be wrestling and hyperactive and just trying to figure out things. I think sometimes we even try to, 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 to um, do the job of God when we can't. We're not made to do that. Sometimes we just need to rest. And how you find that rest sometimes is just being in that quiet place, that secret place where it's you one-on-one with the Lord. And he is just covering you, bringing rest to your mind. And then it says, the shepherd provides green pastures and still waters. Now for the sheep, these green pastures means nourishment and contentment. Nourishment and contentment. What, nourishment, what does nourishment do? Helps you to grow. Helps you to grow in your relationship. Contentment is, you know what? I, I, I'm good. Like, you know, after Thanksgiving, man, we are way too content probably because our bellies are full and we want to sleep because we ate too much turkey. But, you know, we're just content. Like, I, I know what it looks like as a storm all around me, but I am so content because my shepherd said he'd take care of me. My shepherd said he would be right there beside me. But you know what? Another great thing about it, for us, it represents nourishment and contentment that comes through God's word. Right? comes through God's word. We can turn to God's word. We can ask him. We can grab a promise book and say, God, show me, show me something in your word about my situation. And he can speak. And then it's up to us to receive that that he said in his word to be able to say, I will rest in that. I will be content with what you have to say. See, I think too often Christians are, are malnourished. We don't spend enough time in the Word. We don't spend enough time in quiet time. We don't spend enough time just one-on-one with Jesus and opening our Bible. We become malnourished. And then sometimes, listen, because of that, we are discontent, right? But see, if we're allowing God's Word to be applied into our life and we're allowing it to begin to change us, I think then contentment comes, Right? There's those times, man, I'm, unsa- I'm just, man, I'm not satisfied. Well, you know what? Check where your heart's at. Check what you're doing with God and in His Word. Jeremiah said this Your words were found and I ate them. What? Right? Your words were found and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. That's contentment. Man, I've got so much joy because God's word's in me and I know the promises of God are true. And they are yes and amen. Bible said it. Not me, but the Bible said that. Yes and amen. Amen means so be it. But man, joy comes. Contentment comes. And then the still waters 
for the sheep is a place of refreshment and peace. Did you know that, that uh, sheep do not like to drink from like a raging river? That, that kind of just settles them. It's kind of like, ah, oh, no, we don't want to do it. Man, they love when it's just kind of this quiet river. And how, how many times have you ever been in your quiet time and your mind is racing like crazy, right? And the enemy and, and just all kinds of, hey, my grocery list. Come on, no, I'm trying to focus on God. Oh, yeah, but you need this and you need that and you need that and you need that. See, when we walk in, man, we, we've, got to, we've got to continue to stir up this, this peace, right? I'm, Lord, I'm coming to you in the still waters, And so we gotta, we, got, we, we, we gotta be able to just be able to drink from the still waters that he provides. And really too, think about this. In Hebrews chapter 10, 25, it says, uh, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, which basically means, you know what, you need to go to church, right? You gotta keep coming to church, whatever church that is. But you gotta keep coming. Stay committed to coming to church. Because you know what? Part of that too is helping you in the green pastures and the still waters, because in the green pastures, what are you going to hear the, the word of God, right? In, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the green, uh, in the, the, the what is it? Um, sorry, the still waters. I'm really trying to go fast so that I'm not, you know, keeping you here forever. But in the still waters, right, that can represent, too, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like even today, this morning, there was times where it was just very quiet before the Lord. But see, that was the Holy Spirit giving us, we were giving him space to be able to speak to each of our hearts individually. And so it's important that that happens. And then the, the second one of this is that he restores. Psalm 23.3 says, he restores my soul. Now restore refers to bringing something back to full capacity, to fully refresh. Right? And the word soul we kind of know it always references the innermost part of an individual, the mind, the will, the emotions of us. And David said, when he follows, listen, when he follows the shepherd, the shepherd restore, restores his soul. Oftentimes we, we, we lose track of the shepherd because we're kind of doing our own thing. But David said right there, man, I'm going to, the shepherd will come and restore your soul, Right? And our soul, right, needs to be restored because life beats us up. Amen? Right? Life beats us up. It throws every kind of situation, every kind of distraction our way with kind of fear or anxiety. It creates kind of this need for our souls to be restored really on a daily basis. If our souls aren't restored, then you know what happens? Man, all of that just keeps piling on and piling on and piling on and piling on. And the great thing about it is he knows how to restore any damaged part of us. Any damaged part, any part of us that has been affected by the challenges of life, Jesus is the answer to them. He knows how to restore them. Yet we run sometimes from that. Because we may be shamed or we may be feeling, oh, well, no, he's just too busy. But he is a God of restoration I mean, even think about it, and I'm not going to preach on it, but the Good Samaritan, right? He's headed on down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He gets beat up. He gets, you know, trashed and, and sitting by the roadside, and, and the Good Samaritan comes alongside, takes him to the inn. Hey, I'm going to bandage him up. I'm going to get him healed. I'm going to pay for whatever it is that needs to be paid for. 
right? That's kind of an idea of, of him restoring our soul. The, second, the third one is um, he leads. He leads. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the shepherd leads by being near to the sheep. So when we're looking at the good shepherd, when we are focused on the good shepherd, drawing near to him, right? We're drawing near to him because we know the Bible promises that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Then we'll open ourselves up to his leading. Again, it goes back to just that that acknowledgement that I have to have this relationship with the shepherd. When you are acknowledging that and and putting your your best foot forward and, and making every effort, you'll mess up at times. I do too. But you're making this effort. Man, his desire is to speak to you. His desire is to, to, to lead you, right? This is like next level stuff, right? Because you can get saved. Praise the God, you're going to heaven. But next level is the fact that he wants to actually spend time with you. He actually wants to lead you. He actually wants to guide you. He wants you to be so intimate and familiar with him, uh, with, with him and him with you that, man, you are just kind of living in his presence that leads you into things that, man, maybe you didn't even know you could do. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, right? So he's talking to them in a way, right? And I love this, in a way that he, in the way I understand, right? Because sometimes we think, oh man, he's going to speak kind of mystical or whatever. No, he makes it very practical for every single one of us, wherever, whatever level we are on, the Holy Spirit will speak to the way you understand it. Jesus will speak that way. He says, and I know them and they follow me. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't, usually don't follow people that I don't know, right? Kind of that stranger danger, right? I just don't do it. But see, in the world today, there are so many voices trying to tell you their way is the right way. This is the way you need it. If you don't do it, this is, this is it. Um, you know, it's politically incorrect if you do this and do that, right? But the thing is, all of these societal norms um, and, and standards are going to change, right? Have you ever noticed that? What's in one, one week is out the next week. It's just going to change. But, but let me tell you something. Here's the one thing that never changes, God's word. God's word never changes. This is what the Bible says in Psalm 33, 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The counsel of the Lord, the word of God stands forever. See, that's why we need more of God's word, right? It's, it's an essential part of our maturing, our growing. You know, it's, it's spending time with him. And the more we spend time with him, the more we're going to hear and the more that we can obey his leadings, and, and, and get this, he'll never contradict his word when he's talking to you, when he's leading you, right? Sometimes, you know, we, we go based off of the pizza we had last night. And oh, I'm, but man, sometimes it's like, no, bring it back. Does it line up to scripture with what the Holy Spirit's saying? If it does, then man, green light, go let, you know, but if it doesn't line up, then man, that's when I would, man, start getting some godly counsel around me or say, no, nope, I'm not going to do it until it becomes clearer. And because, so I know, right? Because he wants to, to lead you into to this life that glorifies and pleases him. 
So let me give you the second main point. <laughs> um, the shepherd protects. Okay? Psalms 23, 3, 3, 4 says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, there's lots of people who think, well, following Jesus should be fun, should be easy. But I'm just going to tell you, in a lot of ways, that's not reality, right? It's just not reality. The Bible teaches that the path of righteousness will um, eventually lead you into conflict with the enemy, right? He's not going to take it laying down. Oh, they're on the path. I guess I'll leave them alone. No, his idea is, ah, no, I want to mess with you now. I don't want you to live in righteousness. I want you to live in sin. I want you to live in unrighteousness, right? Mark chapter 4, verse uh, 14 and 15 says, and, and this is just, we're, we're drawing kind of what happens here. It says, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown, God's word, right? And when they hear, who comes immediately? It says Satan. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So when you hear the word of God, that's to help you lead you on the path of righteousness. But as soon as you start doing that, as soon as you start hearing, the enemy says, no, come, let's go. Let's, let's mess this up. Matthew 16, 18 says this, and I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Although they'll try, they will not succeed. So, man, it just kind of gives you that picture that the enemy, man, he, he, he will go after us. It's not rainbows and lollipops and unicorns and, and, and whatever. It's the fact that, you know what, we're in a battle. We signed up. And the enemy is out there. And then it says in verse 4 that the path of righteousness leads to the valley of the shadow of death. You ever thought about that? You know, we kind of think, oh, the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, that's all about death. But think about that. The path of, the righteous, of righteousness leads to the valley of the shadow of death. Leads us right into it. Right? And I, and I, and I, I, I believe most of us in some way or form, right, we've, we've experienced dark moments in our life. We've experienced dark moments moments in our families or in our marriages or in our finances or in our health, for that matter. But see, notice under the guidance of the shepherd what David says, right? He says that he leads by the path of righteousness in the valley of the shadow of death, and then he comes out of the, of the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't stay there. He, 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 he doesn't stay there. See, what happens is a lot of times we stay there. But see, because he is following the direction of the shepherd, the shepherd will lead him out of those dark times, out of those valleys. But see, the great thing about it is he'll lead us too if we stay connected, right? And then I love how David says this, I will fear no evil, right? And there's all kinds of stuff that we can fear. There's all kinds of stuff, you know, from, from pandemics, right, to the news, um, right? And then these random attacks on people. But, but here's the deal. I think, and I believe this with all my heart, fear is something that the enemy uses to continually get our eyes off of the shepherd. Right? Think about that. Every time fear or anxiety begins to swell up, where's your focus? 
Is it on the shepherd or is it on the fear and is it on the anxiety? So we will fear no evil. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, it tells us that God, our shepherd, right, already faced death. Jesus, our shepherd, already faced death and conquered it. In fact, Colossians 2 talks about how he paraded um, um, and, and humiliated Satan and his whole evil army by parading them around in, the, in the, the, the realm of the Spirit. So, it's under, we have to understand that, you know what? He's going to protect us. He's going to lead us out of areas if we stay connected to him. Okay, here's, here's the first of the second part. Um, he is with us in battle. I, I promise I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up as quickly as I can. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod and the staff are were vital tools to a shepherd because they aid the shepherd in protecting and correcting the sheep in his care. Now, the rod was a club, right? Uh, a shepherd used to beat off um, and even kill predators. He, um, so one guy said it, it looked a lot like a baseball bat, right? And... Um, David was really familiar with using the rod, right? Um, and so he knew that as a shepherd, you had to have a rod. So if Jesus was his shepherd, if God was his shepherd, then you know what? He knew that his shepherd would use the rod, would use it. Anytime that I, we need to be rescued, anytime he needed to be rescued, he knew that, that the, the shepherd would come and he would use that rod. He would get, um, get us out of trouble with the, when the enemy attacks. Here, here's how David describes the use of the rod, just to make sure that we understand the importance of that. Okay? He says this in 1 Samuel. This is when he's talking to um, the, uh, King Saul. He says this in verse 17, uh, chapter 17. He says, but David persisted. Okay? Because he was like, hey, well, you know, you got to wear the armor, da 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 He said, um, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. Right? There's the rod. And rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Man, that's like, Yeah! I have done this to both lions and bears. So if you're a hunter, man, get out your club. Let's see you do it without a gun, without a bow and arrow. And get it. I'm just kidding, right? So David's sheep were safe because he used the shepherd's rod to beat off any predators and any enemy of the sheep. That's why David was comfortable in proclaiming that. That's why David wanted to, to make sure that we knew that, you know what? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the staff was a hook, had a hook on it, and it was good when sheep had, like, you know, fallen into a ditch, and the shepherd had to, to pull or needed to pull them out of the ditch. I also heard that sometimes, too, um, when sheep would eat and they would lay down, and if they got tipped over, like with their legs straight up in the air, something would do with the acid inside of them. Um, and if the shepherd didn't put, you know, flip them back over with the, with the rod, then the sheep would blow up, like just from the, the enzyme or the, the thing and just 
you know, gross, right? And so you, he had to be attentive, right? So he got to put the, the sheep back on his feet again, right? And then also the, 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 the staff was very good for correcting the sheep, for guiding the sheep. The sheep would sometimes just need a tap, you know, on, on the backside or on the, on the shoulders or whatever, just to bring the sheep back into alignment. If the sheep was going in a direction it shouldn't have gone, or it was heading into danger. Man, and praise God for that. Because I know there are times where Pastor Scott has gone, started going in a direction. And man, I'm glad that the, the Holy Spirit, that the, the shepherd's uh, staff, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, get back in alignment. Hebrews 12 says this, uh, because it kind of reminds me of this, this scripture. My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one of us, uh, each one he accepts as a child. Right? I mean, we don't like correction, do we? How many like correction? If you do, man, you are awesome. Because I struggle. Okay? But man, correct. He, he, what's great about it is this. There is protection in correction, right? So when he corrects us, he's actually protecting us. So it brings security and comfort to his sheep as he watches over us. The second point is he blesses us in battle. He blesses us in battle. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, right? I think it's kind of hard to think about a meal when you're surrounded by your enemies, right? I'm pretty sure if you're like me, you would rather sit with all your friends, right? You would rather be just, man, that would be so much nicer. But, but what I gather, at least in my mind, is that David's boasting about this. He's actually saying, hey, guys, this, my shepherd is so cool that he prepares a table for me in the presence of of my enemies. Like, I don't even have to worry about my enemies because he's preparing a table. Because when you sit down and prepare a table, you're not really, you're relaxing. You're, you're kind of at, you're at peace. You're at comfort. And so he's kind of boasting about that. But see, the reason why he's boasting is because he knows his shepherd. We got to know our shepherd. See, because we usually pray, oh Lord, man, don't lead us. Don't remove all the risk. Make it just a clear, easy thing. But sometimes the Lord will lead his sheep into opportunities that create, that have to create growth in us, that has to grow our faith, right? Even if at times it feels like we're becoming vulnerable to the enemy. So you have, it just puts you, it tests your faith. Um, I mean, I mean, seriously, we got to get to a point where we can, we can, can sit comfortably, we can sit and pull up a chair in the table of his abundance and blessings that he's prepared for you with a calm assurance. And what that, what that basically means is when you get into situations and things, you come to him, and I'm sitting at the table because you've prepared it for me. Your abundance and blessing is there. But all this stuff around me, all my enemies and things, man, I have such a calm assurance about who you are in my life. And what you've promised, what you, what, what, what you said. It's like the shepherd having your, your backside, your six, or whatever you want to call it. He, he, he just does. He'll take care of those enemies in due time. 
doesn't say he'll take care of them right away, but in due time, whatever those things are, he will show up. And the very last one is he refreshes us from the battle. He refreshes us from the battle. Now, in the hot, arid climate of the Middle East, insects are a real problem for sheep. And what they do is they come and they, they, they will bite the sheep. And they will um, sometimes cause infections would happen. So what the shepherd would do, I didn't even read the scripture, but what the shepherd would do is he would pour olive oil over the head of the sheep. He, he would come and pour it. And that, that scripture is, you anoint my head with oil. So David's referring to that. He's saying, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. And so the shepherd would pour oil on the heads of the sheep, right? And that would keep a couple things. One, it would keep the insects away from the sheep, from biting. And the other part is it would bring healing to those areas that got infected or the fact that they're not getting bit anymore. And so there's healing, there's this soothing to the sheep, right? And we know that throughout the the scripture, anointing with oil consistently represents the work of two things of the Holy Spirit. It represents the calling and empowerment for service. And it's a symbol of healing, restoration, and favor. So here, both are implied. One, every one of you has a gifting and ability to serve in the body of Christ. You've been anointed to do it. Like Andrew, when he came up and he said, I I can't play guitar. I've tried. And I just couldn't. And I can't sing a lick. I've tried. And my wife even told me, don't ever do that again. (laughs) Right? But see, my gifting, my anointing is different than Andrew's. But see, each one of you have a gift, an anointing about you where the Lord has placed something on your life to be a part of the body of Christ, right? And maybe someone didn't come up and and dump the oil on you. But see, 2 Corinthians tells us this, uh, verse 1, 20 through 22. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. We're getting there. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ, has anointed us in God. Has anointed us is God. God has anointed you, right? He's anointed you. So look at it from the perspective. I have been anointed. I have been called into service, into ministry service. It doesn't have to look like what I'm doing. It can be opening the door, vacuuming, serving kids. Whatever it is, you have been anointed called to do that. So it's up to you to kind of say, hey, well, so what is my gifting? What is my ability? What can I do to be engaged and involved in, in, in ministry somehow, some way? And, and, and let me just tell you, when I say ministry, I'm talking about even the, the simplest of things, right? I remember when I felt called to ministry and, I, and the church that I worked at in California, and, and the thing was, is, man, I felt called to ministry. So you're thinking, oh, man, I'm going to go preach. I'm going to go do this. And our pastor was like, okay, here's a paintbrush. Okay, here's a toilet bowl scrubber. What? This isn't ministry? It is. So whatever God has gifted you to do, it is ministry to the body of Christ. And then a symbol of healing and restoration and favor. See, man, the Lord is the great physician, the healer. 
There are times when, when, when we pray for people and we might bring out our oil and we might pray for you and put oil on your forehead. Man, you know what? It, it's a symbolization of what Christ has done. Acts 10, 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Get it? Anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the, and with the Holy Spirit and power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. See, so we've been given so much. Andrew, if you want to come on up. We've been given so much, but see, I, the, the heart of this is for us to understand if we are connected to the good shepherd, if we are truly following the good shepherd, you know, the good one, as he said, and living under his care and letting him lead us, then the promises of provision and protection just begin to, to multiply in our life, right? They're accessed, they're applied into our lives so that we can live this life more abundantly, even in the midst of all that's going on, all of the chaos, all of the things that sometimes, man, our soul is, is messed up or it needs to be restored. The shepherd is the one who can do it all. He's it. And so I just want to encourage you today to just stay connected to the shepherd. Right? Personalize. The Lord is my shepherd. Do it every single day throughout this week. When you get up, right? When you get up out of bed and as soon as your feet hit the ground, the Lord is my shepherd. I personalize it today. And as my shepherd, I thank you that you provide and that you protect. And I love how it's said about, like, he leads us for in his namesake. I forgot to mention that. Man, that's like, you know what? You know how people say, I give you my word? <laughs> I give you my word, this is going to happen. Well, I, I believe that's the same thing. If, if, if all of the promises of, of Psalms 23 don't come to pass, then you know what? There's, then God's not living up to his word. He's not living up to his name. And so I believe he never will ever do that. And so what it is, is the fact that, you know what? By his word, by his, his names, for his namesake, he will make sure that all of these things that, that are in Psalm 23 will actively be involved and engaged in our life. That's the good shepherd I serve. So bow your heads for me for a second. Let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for your patience. God has been so good today. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you for just being here today, surrounding us, speaking to us in, in words that we can hear, that we understand, that we can apply. And Lord, I just pray for our, this, this community right here. As Lord, as we, we, we take home the thought process of that you are our shepherd. We personalize it. You are my shepherd. And I thank you that, Lord, as, as a shepherd, we, we, me as a sheep, I follow you. I listen to you. I am guided. I am directed by you. You take me through all of these things, but every single one of them shall come to pass in my life because of your goodness because of your faithfulness. And I'm grateful for that. So Lord, just increase your presence in all of our lives this week. 
Let us see the goodness of the Lord just come and fill every situation, everything we encounter, because we're connected, we're being led by our shepherd, the good shepherd, the good one, the superior one. And we thank you for all that you've done today in our lives, all that you've done today in our hearts, all that you have done today even in our souls. And we bless you for it. again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.